Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. This is your host, Cody Mallory, joined once again by my two co-hosts, Anthony Dittmar and Joe Farrow. How's it going, guys? What's good? What's good? Uh, it's going good, I guess. I mean, I'm bored, really. <laughs> There's <laughs> not shit going on. NBA playoffs have sucked. I know that the court once like it was okay. Like there was a lot of good games leading up to the conference finals and the conference finals was just absolute dog shit. I mean, the second round was kind of like besides the Bucks Celtic series, even though that was like kind of missing Middleton. I feel like a lot of the series were like they were okay. So many blowouts, especially last like three calendar weeks. I mean, yeah, but also and also just got to bring up the Nets are still the only team to be swept this playoffs. We got one more chance. Bottles are sweet, but I don't think anybody wants to see that. I would like to say with that, Joe, uh, the Nets had the closest point margin differential with the Celtics. They lost, but they lost by like a combined eighteen points. I'm pretty sure Boston was like I don't remember the exact number off my head, but for a team that got swept, they were closer in point differential with Boston than the Bucks and the Heat were. So. That's what I'm saying. Don't matter. Warriors in five. Yeah, the Celtics point differential this playoffs from stat moves. It was plus 18 versus the Nets, plus 55 versus the Bucks, and plus 37 versus the Heat. So really, all things considered, all of their series have been pretty close. But yeah, like point differential wise, I mean, obviously they swept right. up, but like point differential, yeah. everybody's been keeping it close against them. Yeah, so it's been 37 days since the Nets last played a basketball game. Um, it's only I mean, been 37? Only 37. Crazy, huh? Jesus, it feels like it's been like four months at this point. <laughs> we do have a little bit of news that broke right around 5 o'clock, which was the deadline that the Nets will be deferring the Philadelphia 76ers pick. So they will not select 23rd in this year's draft. That pick will remain with Philly. And the Nets will have that asset of Philadelphia's first-round pick next year that they could either trade in, whether it's the summer, the beginning of the season, you know, the trade deadline to acquire a rotational piece or whatever, or they could then select with the pick next season. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on this move? Think it was the right move? Should they have kept the pick? Um. I think it was a, a smart move, especially when you see that most of the league has definitely noticed that James Harden is quite clearly declining. And 
when you look at the team next year, what they do with him will really, I think, especially if you're going to trade this offseason, if they keep him, uh, that val- the value of the pick may not be all that great. Um, and even if they lose him and don't get anything big to replace him, then the value of that pick may go up even more. So, I mean, the Nets, by deferring it to next year, based off of next year's fate rather than a late first-rounder this year, could end up having a pretty – not high value because any team with Joel Embiid healthy isn't going to be a terrible team within, like, the lottery. But, like, that's going to – that could that pick could move up a few spots for next year, or it could just be another first that we use to dump in another deal. I think it's a good move. Uh, yeah, so I, the, I I agree with everything you said, too. And the other thing I think about it, too, is that next – even though this is a really good draft, like all things considered – I think next year's draft is the first draft that the high school players can go right from the like from high school level right into the NBA. Not saying a lot, like a million players will with like NIL being big in college now and like the G League potentially paying you, but I do think that it's like a bigger talent pool. You have like two years of kids versus one, so like maybe the Nets are seen from that perspective as well as long as long the as one as well as the one as uh, Joe was saying. Like personally, like it could be at best of both worlds. And worst case scenario, it moves down a few slots. Like, I don't really see the Sixers like winning the finals next year. So, like, even if it's like down two slots, like, I think it's worth the risk, like you said, and give you more time to think about it. I really don't think the Nets need another young player this year. So, like, if they made that pick, I feel like it wasn't really necessary. Yeah. And to your point about the kids coming straight out of high school, that uh, obviously, like you said, a bigger draft pool, but that could also lead to other teams reaching on like more of kids straight out of high school, leaving the experienced college or G league players that may be more NBA ready to fall down. So if we end up keeping that pick, then we could get a more NBA ready player. Not saying that the Nets wouldn't draft somebody out of high school because I mean, even though we're a highly major major league veteran team, uh, the Nets uh, with their draft selections, I mean, nothing would surprise me. We thought we were going to trade all the picks we had last year and we ended up making four picks. So it's like you can never really rule anything out with the Nets on draft day. So, I mean, like, who knows? It's I think it's overall it's a good move to defer it to next year, though. Yeah, I think the Nets have a second round pick this year, right? I'm checking right now. No, they don't. Yeah, I think they have one. They have one like mid second. Like, no, mid- no, they don't. No, they don't. They traded the Detroit Pistons. They don't have a pick this year. Damn, their next pick will be next year. They have nothing. We have to talk about all the way up until the draft. That's awesome. <laughs> and they also have no cash considerations to acquire another pick. So, oh, that's sweet. It will be a uh, very, they would have to make a trade. Um, kind of to feed off what you guys were saying, it was a no brainer in my, in my opinion. Uh, they had those five rookies from last year, the emergence of Craig Randall. Um, they're a veteran team trying to win now. So, a late first round pick probably doesn't help out too much. Um, it gives them the flexibility of being able to trade it. Uh, for a longer period of time as opposed to just up to this NBA draft. Um, and then they'll have two firsts next year. So, I mean, you can move them both. You can move one of them. It just allows them to be flexible with the roster, which I think is what the Nets really want right now. Um, so I also like how they kind of waited till literally the last minute. The deadline was today at 5 o'clock Eastern. Uh, it got announced by Woj at 459. Kind of maybe like a big fu to the Sixers. Like we're not going to give you any extra time, extra time before the draft to trade the pick if you want. I don't know. That's just maybe one thing. Maybe I'm just salty, but I don't know. You think Sean Marks is kind of thinking that? 
Maybe. I feel like guys, I feel like in leagues, a lot of times there's deadlines. They always wait to the end anyway. Like you see the trade deadline, so many trades go down, like that last day. I don't know if it's something similar like that. Maybe. I can see what you're saying, too. I don't know. If it's going to feel like one of those draft days, like post Pierce KG trade, where like, not that we're bad, but like, it felt like when we were bad, like we had no picks every draft day, like everyone was having fun. And we were just like, yeah, we have nothing to pick. <laughs> yeah. I also just want to say, like, you guys are talking about the Sixers. If Joe Embiid misses a substantial amount of time next year, that very that pick could easily slide up to 16, 15. I don't know if we're getting all the way into the lottery, but. I could definitely see it improving from 23, especially if it's the same James Harden. Who knows what happens with Tobias Harris? Do they dump him to try to free up cap space? They try to get a different asset. So the 76ers roster is definitely like a mystery what it's going to look like. Um, so I don't think it's going to get much worse than 23 if the Nets do decide to keep the pick, which they obviously didn't. So I think it was a no-brainer. And we saw the reports, they were kind of leaked a couple of weeks ago that the Nets were planning on deferring it. So this comes as no surprise to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. I guess I don't really think there's any other like Nets news per se. There's been a lot of bullshit talk um, amongst the media. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, I guess we'll start with what Brian Scalabrini said. Like, <laughs> bro, when I first saw it, I thought it was like one of those fake like NBA accounts just trying to get some clout. Like, Ballsack Sports. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Oh yeah, Ballsack like, Sports always reliable. Or like, there's all like those NBA Central accounts with like the E being a three or something where they yeah, just try like, to get like, like, Central with the extra O. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was one of those. And then I saw the video. It was like an audio clip of him on, uh, I think it was Sirius XM, NBA or whatever. And Scal seriously said that the Nets should consider trying to trade Kyrie Irving to John Wall. He mentioned how to provide them with more athleticism, um, better defense, uh, availability. And it's just like... John Wall and availability is a good one. Right. Yeah, that's a like, really, really good one. And, like, it was just such, like, I don't know if he's trying to create reach or – obviously, he's a former Celtic. I think he works on part of, like, their uh, commentating team now for the Celtics channel. It's, like, 31 here in Connecticut. I don't know what it is because I never watch it. I don't know what the actual network's called. So, like, I don't know if it's just, like, Wouldn't a Boston it be, like, isn't, it, isn't it, like, NBC Sports Boston or something? Yeah, something like some bullshit oh, like that. Boston and New York sports in your area? Yeah, it's pretty lit. <laughs> That's actually really cool. 
So like I get like guest network, I get mess in, I get all of it on like basic uh, cable. That's pretty cool. But um, I don't know. Like it's just such a bad take that I don't even have to give my opinion on it. I don't know if you guys want to talk about it, but <laughs> no, I mean, there's not much to talk about. I mean, his status as Nets legend has been revoked. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's such I, an I, asinine I, I, take. Like, like John might get released by the Rockets this year. Like, like. Like there's, I don't think they need yeah. to trade for him. They're gonna nobody's like, there's one year, there's one year left on his deal. He's literally in the Blake Griffin situation. He's gonna get bought out. He's a guy who once was a max player, is not anymore. There's no spot for him on the team because like Houston sucks, but they have a lot of nice young guards, and there's nowhere for John Wall to play. And then he's going to end up signing with another team thinking that he's going to be hot shit and he's going to fall on, into a Kemba Walker situation. Like John Wall like when he gets bought out. Like that makes uh, sorry, Cody. I hit a soft spot for you with fucking Kemba Walker. Jesus Christ. Well, I don't think we can go on this podcast without throwing some kind of UConn slander. Like you guys just always got to do it. I wasn't even well, thinking about like that. Like... You won't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, it, was, it was asinine. I think like if they're going to trade Kyrie, like I think they – that's all I take today. Like it makes no sense in the Nets to trade Kyrie because one, you lose value no matter who you trade for because of like the red flags off the court. So like even if you're doing that, I wouldn't go that far down to like trade for John Wall. Like if you said Kyrie for Zach Levine, like I'd probably still say no, but like I wouldn't be like that's asinine. You know what I mean? Like the John Wall one is like what? Like you might as well just say trade for Russ. <laughs> yeah. So it's it just stupid. I think it was just for clips. He seems like a homer. He net haters. All these fans don't like the net. So he could just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think we have to address much time on that. I just wanted to mention it. Like it's crazy. Um, I mean, I, I could see it from like a Boston standpoint on why he would want the Nets to do it because it would make the Nets a lot worse and not a contender anymore. But from a Nets perspective, horrible. They would never even consider it. Um, Another thing that's been going around the media is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Obviously, the, this year's finals matchup is the Boston Celtics against the Golden State Warriors, which are the two net superstars' former teams. Um, I guess the big debate has been, does this make Durant and Irving look bad? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, yeah. So, I have two different answers. For the Warriors, I think it's impressive that like the personnel they did. Like, like we, like, I don't know if people remember, but we got Durant. We was a sign and trade for D'Lo. They used D'Lo. They didn't say he was a trade piece, but he obviously was because the fit made no sense. He played the year Clay was out. I think Curry ended up going down too. They traded him for Wiggins. They draft Kamingo with the pick. They make a lot of like low key moves with Gary Payton, like like some other low key guys like Jordan Poole. I think it's more impressive the Warriors were able to like retool that fast. Than it is like looking bad on Katie. People say like Katie was a scrub that like was just like taken along the ride with the Warriors when he was the finals MVP in both finals. He played fully and healthy. So like that, I hate how people just treat that like that. Like it, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't look great. People are still gonna just have like, slander KD saying they won before him, they won with him, won after him. So I guess like in that sense, but like it's not KD's fault. Like if that in that regard, and same thing with Kyrie, like that one makes no sense either. He just left. Like they drafted well. Some guys took next steps. They made some good personnel moves, especially the head coach. But yeah, I don't think it looks bad on the other part, but it's just easy talking points for people to like talk shit about people they love talking shit about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's well I, said. 
Yeah, I, cu- I couldn't I couldn't agree more with Anthony. I mean, it's it's just impressive how both teams have been able to retool. It doesn't make either of them look bad. I mean, obviously, I think what makes them look bad is them two in the finals plus a net sweep. That might make them look a little bad. But, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, both of those teams are incredible. And really, like, the, people aren't realizing that losing, like, the money that both of them were making and using it to fill out the roster did them better in the long run while being able to keep other core pieces rather than just keeping the stars and, and not having money to spend elsewhere, as, as well as drafting well for both teams. Yeah. I just have a couple points to add, but I agree with everything you guys said. Um, this Warriors run is probably not likely if Kevin Durant doesn't help them. Like Anthony said, they were able to get D'Lo in the sign-and-trade because KD decided to help out the team, and then they were obviously able to flip that for Wiggins, um, which he's been a very big part of this year's team, incredible defense. He was actually an all-star starter, which I think is crazy, but he's been very good this year. And they well, don't get the him that's without the, the help of KD. That's the fan vote flaw right there. Because right. right, didn't the Warriors fans get Zaza Pachulia in the all in the All Star game one year? No, he almost did. But he, he almost did. Yeah, he was, he was fucking close. I mean, he's <laughs> but like knocking out Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean that doesn't happen without KD's help. He could have said "f you" and just walked and left without anything, and like they got assets for it, which is huge. Which is. An argument a lot of people are having with, like, Claxton or whatever is you don't let an asset walk. You get what you can for him. You bring him back. Maybe you trade him for something else. The Warriors are kind of a perfect example of that. And then I just want to bring up a point that uh, J.J. Redick brought up. I think it was on first take the other day where he was like, if uh, if Kyrie doesn't go down and the Nets beat the Bucks, they're likely winning a championship last year. And then their decision looks amazing. Like, to join together, yeah. their decision is completely different. So it's like if you're going to talk about injuries and give the benefit of the doubt for like teams this year or whatever last year, you got to give it for the Nets as well, which no one in the media ever talks about because like you guys both said, I think I've said it before, they love to talk shit about KD and Kyrie, say how it was a mistake, they should have gone to the Knicks, blah, 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 but they don't ever mention they were up 2-0 and blowing the Bucks out. And that was about Harden, that was just with Kyrie. So if that doesn't happen, they're likely champions last year. And this entire discussion does not happen. So, and besides, they're mo- they're not done in Brooklyn. So, I don't think it makes them look bad at all. If they were to blow up and say, like, Kyrie doesn't re-sign with the Nets and KD gets traded and they never win another championship again, like, yeah, then you have an argument. But it's very, like, way too early to say anything, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we – KD still has four more seasons in Brooklyn at least. Kyrie is probably going to re- get re-upped for another four. So, I mean, uh, four years to make, to make it work. And honestly, the, the old adage is one championship makes everything worth it. So, I agree that. Uh, still, still got a lot more time to prove it. So, yeah. 100%. While we're on this kind of Warriors talk, let's just quickly dive into the KD first. Pretty much Draymond. Well, what Draymond said on this podcast, I think it was yesterday. All yeah. these days kind of blend together with all the bullshit going on, the craziness. <laughs> I think it was yesterday that I saw it and that yeah, Draymond. It was yesterday. Basically, Draymond said on the podcast that Steph Curry was getting double teamed seven times the amount that Kevin Durant was. First of all, like who said seven times? Like that's just a random ass number to say. But anyways, 
most people are like, oh, he got doubled like yeah. three times the amount, but like seven times, like, come on. But anyways, uh, KD would go on Twitter after some troll tweeted at him and said, um, that's 100% false from my perspective or whatever. And then Draymond like tweeted something at Durant. It was like, you got to listen to the whole uh, segment before you get baited by some Twitter trolls or something. He said he called him champ. And KD was like, oh, trust me, I listened to the whole thing. But it wasn't true from my perspective, like big fan of the show. What are your guys' takes on it? I think it's pretty I, the Warriors fans just gotta let KD go. Like that's all I can say. Yeah. Gotta let him go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm de- I definitely think the same thing. Like I I don't even think it was a real beef. It was just them legit just talking about it and KD responding to it. Like yeah, I and it's just always Warriors fans starting with uh with KD. And I, I don't think it's it's that big of a deal. I think it's more the media making a bigger deal about about them going back and forth rather than rather than like the actual context of conversation, which is just KD saying that something that a highlight pulled from a full like I mean a quote pulled from a full podcast uh, that didn't explain the whole story of what Draymond was saying. Uh, they're pretending that there's some beef now because there's nothing to talk about. So right. <laughs> We're yeah, all in the same much. situation. We're trying to, like, we're all in the same situation. We're trying to find shit to talk about. We talked about LeBron coming to Brooklyn for twenty minutes last week. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, my take is that, like you said, I think it was just like kind of an asinine take from Draymond. Like, like I don't think it was anywhere close to that. Um, like Draymond won the two Finals MVPs. Like, you're they're acting like he like was like some like scrub that was gift- gifted a chip. Um, it's kind of run its course like this beef. They kind of like taking it more personal now than OKC fans did. I feel like Warrior fans are still attacking KD like three years out now, almost while like OKC fans are kind of salty for a bit, like understandably so. The guy played a decade there and never actually won there. This guy won you two chips in three years. Like, let it go. Like, like he yeah. made a decision to leave. He didn't want to stay there. Like, there's a lot of divide. There's an incident that maybe caused it a little bit. Like, it's just like we get it. It's it's whatever. And and he helped them on the, his way out. Like I said, he helped them when he was leaving. Yeah, he got them D'Angelo Russell, which they eventually used to turn into Andrew Wiggins, and yeah, Andrew exactly. Wiggins, and then they cleared cap, drafted Jonathan Kaminga, and fucking they're all they re, they revamped the whole roster with KD leaving just by adding two great rotational players. Yeah. With like, that said, who do you guys want winning the finals? I'm just curious. Who do I want or who do I think? Okay, give me both. How about that? Um, who do I want? I hope the finals get canceled and there's no champion this year. I can't pick between those two, personally. Who do I think? I think Golden State's going to win rather easily, personally. I yeah. think Golden State is better than the Celtics in pretty much every aspect. Um, they have more experience. I think they're better coached. Um, their system's better. You could say it's tied. Um, defensively, I think the Warriors are just as good of a defensive team as the Celtics when they need to be. Um, I think, obviously, they're a better offensive team, have more shooters, have better role players, more depth, um, home court advantage. So, like, I really don't know what Boston does better. I think the Warriors match up well against Boston. I think Wiggins on Tatum or Kimwinga, and then you got Clay on Jalen Brown is a good matchup. Um, I think Draymond and Looney can match up with like Al Horford, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, or yeah, Grant Williams. Uh, yeah, what the heck, Grant Williams? Yeah, 
So yeah, I don't know. they have Robert and Grant. That's why. <laughs> yeah, so like I don't see an advantage that the Boston Celtics have personally. I don't see a single advantage. Like against the Nets, they obviously had the size, um, better defensive team, uh, more organized, like better coached. Uh, they've played together for the whole season. They honestly, in my opinion, do not have a single advantage against the Warriors in the series. How many games? I think it's going six still, five or six, just because it's the finals. I think I don't think they're getting swept by any means. Tatum can carry you to a win or two, but I don't think it's going seven. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, Cody. I got I got uh, Warriors in five. I'm gonna say I would say I think it's more likely that the Warriors win in five than the game than the series goes to seven. Yeah. Um. Personally, I think I have a little more close than you guys. I think Boston defensively is very elite, but I think offensively they're gonna need to play flawless. They were they were able to hold their own with their big. They had really big offensive like dry spells. And Tatum like once every series or twice has these awful awful games where he has like nine points or like seven points. I don't get how that happens, but it does like fairly often. I think the Celtics, if they're going to win the series, they would fall asleep. The only way they win this series, I think if it goes six or seven, I don't know if they win a game seven on the road, but I think Warriors win this in six. But I say it's closer. I'd say it's, I'd say I'd lean seven over. I'd lean five. I think Boston's able to steal two. I think defensively, like Marcus Smart matches really well against Curry, Tatum and Brown against like Wiggins and Poole and Clay. I just think like that, that it, a lot of matchups work well. But the Celtics do have less firepower. So if they're not playing perfectly, they're not going to win. So I do say Golden State wins in six. Yeah, I think uh, Tatum and Brown have to shoot the ball very well for them to have a chance. If one and of them has a game, thing, like they can't survive with one of them having an off game. Right. And the, uh, the Celtics are trash in clutch time. They were all season, like regular season. We saw it against Miami. They almost blew it. If Jimmy Butler hits that three, like they blew a – like one of the biggest losses in history in Game Seven when they were up, how much they were, how much time left, yeah. um, and I think the Warriors will take advantage of that. And I just think the Warriors, like their offense, is so good. Um, they're not going to attack it like the Nets did with heavy ISO, where Boston can kind of load up on stars. Like they're going to move without the ball. They're going to have off-ball actions. It's going to make it a lot more difficult for Boston to defend. And Boston has not played a team with this kind of firepower in these playoffs. Um, I know the Nets were probably the closest thing to it, but they just didn't play as a team. It was like individual firepower, whereas Golden State is like a team full of firepower. Um, the Bucks were obviously missing Middleton. Miami was missing Tyler Hero, who won sixth man of the year, averaged 20 points a game off the bench. So I do think this is going to be the biggest test by far the Celtics have played in this postseason. Finals MVP? What? I think it's Curry. Joe, I would love to see Clay Thompson win it. Me too. I would love to see Alan think, win it. Honestly, I love to see Clay win it. But I this is the year that Curry does it. I think I so. Agree. Yeah, this is Curry's Curry's year. I think. I hope it's a good series. Honestly, just from like a viewing standpoint, like like I yeah. like the basketball. So they're not gonna have basketball four months. <laughs> Plus, there's no way yeah, to get us through. Yeah, uh, one more Nets thing before we finish up. Um, there were some reports. 
I think it was first reported by Scoop B, but I'm not positive of Bali Sports um, that the Nets are interested in Phil Handy to be an assistant coach in Brooklyn. Um, there was also rumors that Kyrie Irving wanted him to be the head coach, not Steve Nash. Um, obviously, that did not happen. Pretty sure Phil Handy went to like six NBA finals in a row. Um, he obviously was with Kyrie in Cleveland. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on it? Um, it'd be cool to um, an assistant. Like I know Kyrie likes him, so if it is Kyrie in the Nets, I mean, if they're if they're gonna hire him, I feel like it's a good sign. Kyrie's gonna come back, like the him and Marks yeah. without the differences. <laughs> I really don't know much about assistant coaches. Like I hope the Nets do hire better assistant coaches. I think this year they were kind of lacking some of the guys they lost for last year. So that's my really only take on it. Yeah, I agree. Like like you said, that that was my immediate thought. If we hire him, that means Kyrie is for sure back. Um, because that's a supposedly Kyrie's guy. They, he was one of the heavily rumored guys to take over once uh, Kenny Atkinson was fired, and that was major mainly because Kyrie Irving. That's the guy that he wanted. Um, but to add a, a tenured assistant and a, like a veteran assistant coach to the staff, uh, which we didn't really have. Like last year, our assistants were Jock Vaughn and like Amari Stoudemire and David Vanterpool. And I mean, David Vanterpool has been around, but those other guys, it's like we lost Mike D'Antoni and Ime Udoka, who obviously is coaching the Celtics in the finals right now. But I didn't Don't forget about Kyle like, Korver. Kyle Korver has a huge role on this team. Yeah. But yeah. And I mean, Amari Stoudemire is gone now too. So yeah. we're going to. So, I mean, we definitely are in the market for some new assistants. And I hope that Phil Handy is a guy that we bring in because that's obviously a guy that star players seem to enjoy. I also just think any kind of experience on Steve Nash's staff is what they need. They're bringing in kind of like first-year guys like Amari Corver or whatever. Um, pretty sure Handy was an assistant for Ty Lue, who obviously is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, so, and like you guys said, he's Kyrie's guy. Whatever will make Kyrie happy and want to show up and play basketball for 82 games is what the Brooklyn Nets need to do. Yeah. Simple as that. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Yep. Whatever whatever Kyrie wants, I mean, to a certain extent. If it's just an assistant coach that obviously is well-respected around the league, has been in the league a while, then you do it. And if he wants to come, I think you sign him as soon as you can. Uh-huh. Yep. Agree. For sure. Um, any other Nets news that since we last spoke? <laughs> they got Katie Kyrie all over the media. It gives us stuff to talk about. If we're like Clippers fans, like you don't even see Kawhi Leonard for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, Clippers fans right now are all excited that Cat posted a picture with Paul George. So <laughs> we'll see. There's that for them. Team next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also just want to say I love it that KD goes back and forth with it with fans or Twitter trolls. I think it's hilarious. And like yeah. most like celebrities, professional athletes, especially of KD's stature, like one, they're not that active on social media. And two, they definitely don't care what anyone says or what fans say. But I think that KD like interacts with it. I think it's pretty cool. Obviously a lot of the time he's basically telling them to go F themselves, but still to even respond, like he was in spaces one time talking basketball with people. Like I think that's cool that KD does that. Uh, I mean, he was talking basketball, but the Warriors fans were not that he was in there with. They were trying. They were trying to tell KD how to play basketball. It was actually pretty hilarious. Yeah, 
I think they were, yeah, were they like arguing about double teams or something back then? Yeah, too? They, were, they were arguing about what KD should do against double teams. And KD was like, I know what the hell I'm doing against double teams. He's like, what are you guys talking about? That's like one of my favorite tweets um, from KD yesterday. It's a little off topic, but he was like, I'm a pretty good player. I can shoot the ball and create spacing too. Yeah. Uh, okay. but, yeah. These uh, Warriors fans are a different breed, dude. Yeah, I mean, you could tell basically like if you didn't know a guy was a Warriors fan, you read one tweet and you could tell they're a Warrior fan based on the level of basketball IQ you could determine from a tweet. <laughs> That's what happens when you create basketball fans. It's in a six-year period or eight-year period or whatever it's been. <laughs> yep, exactly. But uh, I think that's pretty much it for Nets news this week. Um, so once again, this was the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Joe, Anthony, and Cody. I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but next week we're going to have like a uh, front office guy on the show. We're going to talk to free agents, how the money works, kind of what the Nets can do. Is that correct, Anthony and Joe? Yeah, I confirmed it. Yep. yep. So look for that next week. It should be sometime early next week. I believe it'll be up either Monday or Tuesday. Um, so yeah. that's going to be We'll go through some like the number stuff, kind of what's realistic for the Nets. Um, how they can create some cap space, maybe if they move like a Joe Harris or a Seth Curry, or kind of what their options are. So once again, thank you for listening to the Sports Ethos Net Show with Anthony, Joe, and Cody. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.